there's too much sadness in this world to keep being ignorant about it. Welcome to the Paris of the Plains. From Kansas City, I'm your host, Matt Hodap. Have you ever found yourself at the bottom of a deep hole? Even metaphorically, maybe a problem at work, with a friend, or maybe a bad situation that seemingly has no way out. I think we've all had that feeling of being lost in the darkness, with that small light of escape hovering completely out of reach. This story is about the darkness and the light. This is Zaid. I guess it started when I stopped working for myself and started working with my mother in her um, store. And it was great, you know, I had fun. I had, I grew up in that neighborhood. I grew up with those customers. A lot of people saw me grow up. So it was great to be back. Then our numbers just dropped in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it was just like we were okay. Like we were paying rent, we were doing this. And then all of a sudden one month was just like, no, not a lot. Like we hardly paid rent. And I was like, whoa, okay. Like something's wrong here. Like maybe the food service. So I focus on how we, you know, we brought out the food and how we prepared it and this and that. Um, from there it went on to, I can't, you know, my mother couldn't pay me anything. And I said, okay, that's fine. I'm living in her house. You know, I'm eating the food here. I have to get out eventually and do something, but it felt so bad to see what was going on. And it was some tough times. Like I didn't, I didn't appreciate it, but I think I, I really, I was still in a bubble where I thought it was okay that I wasn't getting paid. I really didn't like it, but you know, it was because of family. So I set that in my mind and I said, you know, it's because of family and I have to support and this and that, and it'll get better. Eventually it didn't. I don't know what it is up to this date. I don't know what we did wrong. It just didn't work. You know, it came down to that. Um, Wednesday happened. We came in. You know, all employees had gone and no one was there. It was just like you saw this place open. I, you know, I helped build it and then it was closed. Um, so... I was bummed down. My mother was bummed out. We were talking. And all of a sudden, the most real moment happened in my life where they cut the lights out. In the middle of us just kind of being bummed, the lights just went out. So I got out and I looked around and everybody had lights on. I said, like, oh my God. It's, uh, um, it's just us. It was just us. We cut the lights. And that was the most real moment because we had stopped paying the house for a month. So we couldn't pay the house. We didn't have electricity. We didn't have, you know, all the all any bill paid. They had already cut the lights uh and, and I think water at the house and we hadn't paid for it and there was that big um, pressure to get money 
So we're relying on this business, this one business, to support this one household. So when the lights were turned off in the actual business, she just started crying. I mean, she was in a bad marriage, left Mexico, came to the States, left us because she, you know, she couldn't bring us along came back after she um, saved enough money to bring us. So after that, you know, she brought us and raised us here through thick and thin, you know. She's always been this strong woman, hardworking. She worked at McDonald's, like, for the longest time before she brought us over. And then she worked at a pizza spot for doing uh, bussing. You know, she's raising three kids on her own. Um, I don't see her cry often. You know, we, we went, we've been through so much that we put this barrier and we try not to show it because that's the safest thing to do. Um, so I see her cry and I couldn't do anything about it I'd look forward or I look up to her when I'm sad when I got stuff you know when I got problems I'm like hey listen what do I do so it broke my heart to see her down and crying because I knew that I whatever I said was not gonna fix it then we just went home went home and cry our eyes out I mean, there was nothing to do at that moment. Our brains, my brain was not working. I can't speak for my mother, but my brain was not working. Um, you know, they were coming after us in those days for the house. P&L was coming after us. Um, gas was coming after us. It was just everyone wanted everything at the same time. And sure, it was our own fault I guess um, but it sucked to be sucked into that situation where you're getting threats you know of eviction and threats of uh, court and all this other stuff um, here's the twisted part that I didn't know if I should share you know um, I talked about my mother bringing us along and before I let you think what to say I want to say that I had no choice sometimes you don't have a choice life is shitty it doesn't always give you the choice you get what you get and you either learn to deal with it or you just don't live so my mom brought us in, and for the longest time, I had um, I'd been treated and understood that I was an illegal alien. I was made to feel less than, even though I grew up here. I mean, I moved uh, on in the third grade. So I grew up here, but every now and then you get that um, friend, 
you know that that friend who makes those racist jokes or those racist comments or questions the teachers and it's very real and it's very real in Johnson County it's it's super real there um, you know it came from my humble beginnings or humble beginnings here are they can't even compare to humble beginnings in another country you know humble beginnings here is like middle class Mexico I've seen poor and like I used to walk through poor every day of my life I used to see kids um, sniffing alcohol or um, paint thinner and there were you know kids from five-year-olds you know ten-year-olds 13-year-olds getting high because you couldn't eat like they couldn't eat so you get high to forget about food you had moms with babies I'm not sure if they got them high but so I used to see poor I know what poor is um, here's a whole different deal I got I got bullied this one time in middle school really bad and I remember it to this day and one of my friends asked me if I was um, an alien she said hey Saeed are you an illegal alien I didn't even know what that was <laughs> you know um, I understood the alien part as like a different looking creature and I was like well no I'm not that different you know looking at it that way my head was so innocent that I didn't figure out what she was talking about so I've had to deal with that prejudice and feeling different throughout my life why I started working with my mom and why it makes sense is because I couldn't work anywhere else you know, I had, I couldn't, I was still an illegal immigrant, and this reality has been following me for years, college, you know, I wanted to go to college, guess what, you can't go. It was hard for me to move on from that bad state where the restaurant closed down and you know we couldn't pay rent and I couldn't go work anywhere really and if I did it was you know an under the table kind of deal and I was getting paid nothing you know people take advantage of that every day and if anything happens to you, well, good luck because you weren't working here when that happened to you. You know, I know a ton of people who've done that, who've broken their legs, and they don't get anything for it. They don't even get a medical, like medical support. Like the company just fires them. And my friends truly saw that I was at that point where I did not know what to do. So they told me, hey, listen, what if we get some money together? rebuild the space and make a restaurant out of it and we talked about the idea 
and they were okay with it. I was okay with it. It seemed like the best plan going into more debt. So anyways, um, it ended up working. The whole restaurant thing ended up working to the point where I paid the debt, which was awesome. I mean, it went from like really stressful times for me, like not seeing a way out, um, me crying, and I don't even know, I, I explained it enough how dark it was. I can't even put myself back in that place because it was so bad and dark. I started looking for other places randomly. I just wasn't happy. I wasn't selling enough. The weekend people were doing great, but I wasn't. Um, it was great food. Every person that came in loved it. I just I wasn't getting enough people to come in. Um, I talked to this lady, sat down ate food, ate, took some for her husband or ordered some for her husband to go. And she was talking to me about how wonderful it was and how she enjoyed it so much. And this was maybe the third time she had come in. We never spoke. This was the first time we spoke. And she asked me about my goals and my dreams. I said, I probably want to roast. You know, I kind of want to roast my own beans and go into the coffee scene a little more. She was like, what do you need to roast? Like, what do you what do you need to do this? I said, well, I need like a, you know, big, expensive machine. And I was like, I can't afford it. It's like this, the most inexpensive one is like $5,000. And I was like, that is not even like in my mind right now. It's not a priority or something to look for. So she told me she wanted to help me live my life you know strive for my dreams not my mother's dad or our family's dad she was like you i think you have what it takes to do your own life your own business do whatever you want she was like i have the money i'll loan you the money you just pay me when you're ready it was too good to be true you know i was kind of shocked but she was dead serious um, I told her no because that was the wrong place to be. I told her this is not for me. Like this place in Nelnexa will not do even if I get the roaster. So I need to move. That I've known for a while. She was like, okay, whenever you find a space, let me know. I'll give you the money and we can make it happen. I found the space here. Um, ended up being the coffee shop I came in it looked like crap it was dark it didn't have electricity I was looking at it through my phone's um, flashlight then it was like I don't even know if he'll take me like, I don't have any credit I don't have any money except for the money she offered me but realistically I didn't have any money in hand so When I did the application, I told them, hey, listen, I don't have any, like, I don't have much money and I don't have any credit. And he said, as long as you don't lie in your application, I'll make sure you get it. So I was like, okay. And then once I was doing the, <laughs> the application, it was like social security. And I was like, shoot, am I gonna lie? 
or am I not gonna lie? I didn't lie. I didn't put anything in. I put my ITIN number that I've had. Um, and that was the biggest thing I told my friend. I was scared. I was like, hey, I don't know if we'll even get it just because of that. Because he told me not to lie. And I'm not going to lie. I'm going to put my ITIN number and see what happens. Was it a couple days later? I got, I, I was calling him like, hey, is it approved? I don't know. Is it approved? I don't know. November 1st comes. It's my birthday. It's approved. And I'm like, oh, no way. Like, what? On my birthday. Um, I got in the car with my friend. And I was like, where can I sign? And like, I just want to sign your lease and, you know, get out of this hole. Um, so I came over to Truce, signed the papers in the middle of the street, and gave it to him. I have no idea how I'm even here today. And uh, I was with open doors ready to go with like half a pound of beans on November I mean December 13th and 20 minutes later after I opened the doors neighbors started coming in I was blown away I'm so glad that people here in the Kansas City area are so open-minded that they see me as a person more of a person than this brown Mexican kid was trying to, you know, play the business owner. Here people see me as somebody. They want to know about me. And that is so strange because no one has cared for the longest time to know about me. In the middle of January, I got accepted for the DACA. I got my prints. I went and got uh, my social security in the mail. I got my work card in the mail. I was able to go and get an ID. Everything has been like a 360. It went from me not even knowing if I wanted to live to me being happy. I mean, I'm still stressed. I still have to work 12 hours a day, but I'm happy. You know, I see the light and the good light, not the other light. <laughs> I see, I see, uh, I see what I can do. Now I know I can help other people because it's not just about me. It's about sharing um, the story then people know that there are tough times and they're really tough times and there's like really shitty times <laughs> and then there's the light Thank you to Saeed for sharing his story with us. You can always listen to this story again at parisoftheplainspodcast.squarespace.com. We're always looking for new narratives, so make sure you click on the Your Story tab to send us a narrative. Also, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. We are so excited to announce that we have our first sponsor, Chromatic Contact Multimedia. Check out Chromatic Contact's featured artist, Stefan Singleton's reimagined version of I Want to Hold Your Hand at Stefan, S-T-E-P-H-O-N-N-E dot squarespace.com. And thanks to Chromatic Contact Multimedia for being a sponsor of this podcast. All our music is original and written specifically for these stories. It's all done by our amazing composer, Jamie Searle, and our digital and graphic work is done by Matt Sullivan. I'm Matt Hodap. Thanks for listening.